Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, as the Bucks uh, just scratched out a win over the Charlotte Hornets, 93-85. That's right, they did not reach 100 points for the first time in, I don't know, 80-something games. I think it was at 83 the streak was, but uh, they did pick up a win, and, and in the end... They won the game because of one man. And we've been so fortunate, Frank, that during the season, the Bucks now 52-8. and eight. We haven't had to say this too many times, but today was genuinely a day where the Bucks only win the game because they've got Giannis on the roster. They've got an MVP caliber player. He finished with 41 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 17 for 28 from the field. Uh, he also knocked down the 3 and hit some clutch free throws, 6 for 7 from the free throw line. And I just did a basketball reference search because... And I, I sometimes I don't trust that website because when you're looking up Giannis numbers, sometimes you forget the the monster games that he's had over the years and some of the stat lines he's put up, particularly in the last two or three years. Can you correct me on this? I, I just saw the search and it was the first 40-25 game of Giannis's career, the first such game in the NBA this season, and the first one as a Milwaukee a Milwaukee Buck player has had since '74. For some reason, he's put up these monster stat lines before. I thought he may have done this before, but uh, just a ridiculous day from him today. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, he, he hasn't had that many 40-plus point games, sure. and yep. he has not had that many 20-rebound games either. He had a 36-20 game uh, against the Sixers on, on the 6th, so only a few weeks ago. Uh, so that, that wasn't, wasn't that far off um, you know, in, in terms of point totals, but... Uh, yeah, to to put all those numbers together in one game uh, is is obviously pretty remarkable. And yeah, I'm just looking through his 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 season this year. I don't think he's gotten to 20 rebounds more than once or twice. Um, so it's it's definitely you know just statistically, obviously just another ridiculous night from the MVP. And um, you know I think I think back to other tweet pretty wrong. I remember he had that 28 point 20 rebound game in January of last year in Houston. Um, yep. and, but that was a very, that was a pretty tough game offensively for him to get going. And I don't think he had any dunks or anything in that game. And this game, um, he ends up with the 20 rebounds, but, uh, you know, really the, the story obviously was, was him offensively and, uh, on a night where again, Chris Middleton, I think he had, he was listed as probably yesterday on the injury report. They decided to rest him today, uh, with the slash hope, I guess, hope slash expectation that, that he'll play tomorrow in Miami, which obviously, you know, on paper is, is the much bigger game. But, um, you know, as we saw on Friday, uh, anytime Chris is out, obviously the, the focal point on Giannis, um, you know, the, the, the light shines even brighter given uh, how good Chris has been and uh, how, much, how, how much more important Giannis becomes. So uh, for Giannis to step up today obviously was, was a huge, uh, huge thing and, and obviously pretty much carried them to victory. And I think, 
you know, this is, I think, sort of why you think about watching 82 regular season games. You know, look, do, do we want to see the Bucks just fire on all cylinders every game and blow every team out and look awesome from, you know, 1 through 13 on the active roster? Yeah, sure. But um, I think one of the fun things about the regular season is that, especially when you have a player of this caliber who, you know, is, is up there with, you know, the best players we've ever seen play this game, you get games like this where maybe the rest of the team is not up to their usual selves and you're missing a guy like Chris and Giannis is able to fight through that and deliver just, you know, an MVP performance. And again, wish you didn't need to rely on him to do that today, especially with uh, the Miami game tomorrow, but still, you know, didn't even hit 35 minutes, shade under 35 minutes today, uh, which in the grand scheme of, uh, you know, superstars having to really, uh, stretch and uh, and and kind of go the distance to to lead up teams to victory. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't even have to really 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 kind of uh, put his kind of foot to the gas today. I thought it was a really in control performance against a, a Charlotte team that I thought, you know, gave him an honest look defensively for much of the night. And um, you know, again, we saw a lot of Giannis in the mid range. Um, we saw a couple of really nice step throughs. Uh, we saw him just, again, looking extremely confident from pretty much all levels of the floor. Uh, one out of four from three. I really wanted him to hit that random three there yeah. uh, in the last uh, 15 seconds when the shot clock was running out. That would have been a really nice cavern to nail a three to make it 44. But uh, And to give the Bucks a, a, another double-digit victory, which, of course, we're, we're tracking as well. But um, all told, you know, this, is, this was one of those Giannis is unstoppable type games, and, and he showed us the full arsenal. And, and again, I think anybody... Anybody concerned about, you know, okay, what is he going to look like in crunch time? What is he going to look like when teams load up? What is he going to look like uh, late in games when the pressure is on and he can't just be out in the open court dunking um, in transition? Uh, today, obviously, we saw a little bit of all those things, but um, him in the half court, I thought we just saw some really impressive stuff, whether it was mid-range jump shots or um, attacking the basket, finishing through contact, getting you know, an offensive rebound, getting jarring a foul, all that stuff. And, um you know, again, what, what more can you say about Giannis? This, this is just one of, the, one of the best players we've ever seen play this sport. Well, let's just say that uh, given what we've seen in the past from Giannis on day games, not always that he's efficient best. Uh, uh, this is the first day game we've seen since the birth of Lamb. And, and maybe my theory that I want to throw out there is that maybe Giannis's getting used to being tired all the time. And uh, maybe the nap is going to be less important for him moving forward. And maybe this is, this is, this is his Fred Van Fleet uh, ability that he gets from being a father now. <laughs> that The importance of the nap is, is not going to be such a big factor moving forward because he might not have, a time, he might not have time for a nap anymore. So to, to see him play as well as he did in the day game uh, when they, they certainly needed it. I mean, you look at the shooting numbers... In this game, Giannis, as we already pointed to, 60% from the field. The rest of the Bucks, 18 for 59, 30%. Everyone else seemed to, to struggle. And this Charlotte team was super scrappy. They got a bunch of guys that were uh, honestly just playing really hard. And they were jumping the passing lanes, uh, causing deflections, causing uh, lost balls uh, for the Bucks, and, and they were able to turn that into opportunities. And, and really... The, the big thing was that they didn't really have the guys that could score on this Bucks defense, maybe against another team if they're getting all those opportunities and stopping the Bucks from uh, getting to their spots and, and anyone else really creating anything outside of Giannis, maybe the game ends differently. But to, to play without 
Chris Middleton now for the ninth time this season and be 9-0 and in those games. And you're talking about a guy putting up 21.6 rebounds on 50-40-90 shooting. I mean, come on. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. But the thing that I did like, you pointed about Giannis being able to score in the fourth quarter, and there was no question. I mean, Charlotte down the stretch did have two guys on Giannis, three guys on Giannis. And there was one or two possessions where Giannis did sort of just drive into a crowd and, and wasn't getting the whistle and nothing really happened. The ball ended up sort of just uh, turning into a, a turnover, I guess. But then we saw the Arsenal and, and we've spoke about this move quite a few times. We've seen it uh, here and there, like once off in games, but today he went to that step through uh, multiple times, once earlier in the, in the game where he got a, a layup out of it and then later in the game when he was able to get to the free throw line. This is a a pretty serious weapon because we've seen he's getting more comfortable shooting that turnaround. And the big thing is, if the defender is going to get off his feet and actually try and block that shot, which, you know, chances are you're not going to be able to block it anyway. But if they do want to get a hand up in Giannis' face and make him think about that, Giannis has really shown the ability that he's thinking through that situation and he's comfortable shooting the shot. But if you leave your feet, he's going to step right through. And there might be the help defender there, but you've got to be pretty quick in that situation to get there and stop Giannis from getting either a dunk or, or a layup. And it's really a smooth move for him. I mean, we've spoke for, for years about Giannis and his post moves and what can he add, what's he going to bring to the table outside of just dunking on, on everyone and, and, and potentially a hook shot we've spoke about a lot. He's nimble in, in that post and he's showing off some real moves. And this feels like it's developing really quickly yeah and it, it does feel like it's it's really just been like a month of him kind of doing this it, it, and and again it, with different types of moves you know whether it's his hook shot obviously the three-point shooting is the one thing that has been more um consistent over the course of this season ironically um and now this kind of the the, the sort of turnarounds and, and slight faders from you know anywhere from like eight to, to 16 feet um it, it's felt like we see these like randomly here and there, but it hasn't felt like we've seen them um, like every game night in and night out until really over this, this past stretch. And so I think that's probably the part that is um, the most impressive is just consistency. Right. And, um, and ultimately for a guy like Giannis, that, that's whether it's the three point shot, whether it's the mid range shot, whether it's free throws, um, that's obviously the thing that is going to be so, so critical for him because we always know that, you know, he's going to have that, unique ability to get out in transition to attack the rim um etc um but you know some nights that's not going to be there as much and, and now we're seeing obviously him having multiple different options to score outside of that and to score you know when he's not just attacking the rim um and i think uh, i don't i don't know if, if if fred van bleed's uh, uh child gave him the ability <laughs> to hit threes maybe uh, with Giannis, uh, Liam has yeah, given the ability yeah. to hit free free throws <laughs> and, and bigger and jumpers, which, um, you know, hey, keep the kids coming if that's the case, uh, because <laughs> obviously the, the, those two things um, are going to be pretty pretty crucial for Giannis when you think about the playoffs and um, trying to take this Bucks team to you know to the place they want to go with an NBA championship. So, um, so I thought that was great, and and again today, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Giannis because. Um, not a whole lot to say about, about other guys on the Bucks. Um, I think they got lucky in that Charlotte missed a lot of three-pointers. Both teams were really bad from three. Both teams, you know, I don't know, it's the early start. It's not like either team was coming off the back-to-back. Ironically, 
the uh, Raptors won in, or sorry, the uh, Hornets won in Toronto last. So you're talking about a matchup between two teams that have just beaten the uh, Raptors in Toronto. Uh, so it's not, again, it's not like this team is just going to roll over and, uh, and, and you know, let you kick them all around the court. I mean, we saw the Bucks have that one huge win, but I think in general, I mean, Charlotte's been a pretty frisky team over the last year or two uh, against the Bucks. It doesn't feel like there have been a lot of easy wins in yeah. Charlotte. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't shocked, even though the Bucks came out, uh, got up to that quickly, 19-9. Um, and obviously Giannis was playing at a really high level from the start. Uh, you know, n- nobody else was really helping him much. And, you know, Bledsoe was pretty much invisible. We talked about him being really quiet the other night when you didn't need him. Tonight you did need him, and just two out of eight, four points. Uh, Terry Rozier wasn't good either, but, um, I mean, Bledsoe kind of vanished the uh, kryptonite of whatever Terry Rozier has for some reason showed up again. And, you know, really not much help. I thought George Hill had set, had a number of good moments, but then he had a period, especially late in the third quarter, where he really struggled and missed a number of shots, had some turnovers, uh, did have one unlucky play where he got hit in the face and got had no call. Um, but, you know, Hill had 11 points and 11 shots, and that felt like one of the Bucks' better supporting performances um, because other than him, Brooke Lopez, the only other guy who actually scored in double figures aside from Giannis, uh, and George and I thought Brooke was probably the only other guy in the fourth quarter that you felt like really had much of anything going um, but even so four out of 11 seven out of nine from the foul line one out of five from deep for Brooke um, did have three blocks so kind of Brooke did Brooke stuff thankfully um, but again it wasn't like a, a starring performance from from him either uh, so yeah it was probably one of those games again where you you know again not that the Bucks didn't play really good defense, but they also got lucky that the likes of PJ Washington and Michael and um, Michael Bridges um, both uh, both ended up you know missing a lot of uh, a lot of or sorry Miles Bridges Michael Bridges uh, Miles Bridges <laughs> they combined for two out of fifteen from three and you know PJ Washington let's just say Giannis was not uh, was not sticking to him too closely tonight and uh, you know fortunately for the Bucks that didn't really punish them overall just eight out of thirty five. Uh, from three for the Hornets, just seven out of 31 for the Bucks. So both teams hitting pretty much the same percentage, 23% from three. So, um, you know, hopefully the Bucks got their bad shooting it out of the way today because obviously you shoot that poorly tomorrow in Miami, you're uh, you're liable to take home a, a pretty um, uh, uncompetitive loss. But um, we'll we'll see. Obviously, last time the, the Bucks had sort of a nervous game against one of the lesser teams, it was that overtime win in Washington the next day. Yeah. Yeah. They obviously played. Uh, maybe we had still had some nervous moments, but ultimately played at a high level and beat Toronto uh, on the road. So sure, you obviously you'll hope for for a similar result in Miami, but um, certainly the the bar is going to have to be raised from today. Well, I mean, when you look at the three point struggles, the sharpshooter uh, in the lineup, Robin Lopez didn't get it, didn't get one up. So <laughs> that probably contributed to some of the struggles. By the way, Robin Lopez, he's uh, hook shot just off today. He, he he had a bit of a rough day at the office. He was minus twelve in in his thirteen minutes, one for five from the field. Uh, the interesting one last thing, because as you sort of point to, I mean, this game was Giannis. Uh, and not a lot else. I mean, that, that's the way that this uh, played out today. But one thing that, that did come up on Twitter, uh, Bucks Filmer and tweeted it at the time, and, and I responded, but it is, it's, it's interesting. Maybe it's worth talking about. We, we always talk about the rotations and, and what Bud is going to do with these guys, particularly Giannis, let's be honest. Like Giannis is the guy that we're all focused on. As you pointed to, 34 minutes, 55 seconds in this game. 
for Giannis, which is quite remarkable because he played 11 minutes and 16 seconds in the fourth quarter to get to 34. So the, the way that Bud uh, used him in the fourth quarter, and we've seen this a lot, particularly in close games when, when the Bucks feel like, uh, A, they want to try and bust this game open in the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, or B, they, they are concerned with Giannis on the bench that, that maybe the, the start of this fourth quarter is a crucial time. We see Giannis will start out in the fourth quarter. Bud will try and give him a, a breather. In this instance today, uh, Bud took Giannis out with 5.32 left in the game. He always uses a timeout when, when Giannis is, is on the bench in this stretch. And he did take this timeout a little bit earlier than he, he usually would. We know Eric and, and Matt always tweet about the use it or lose it timeout that Bud will use before three minutes. In this, uh, in this instance, he used it at four minutes 48. Devontae Graham hit a three to bring it back to 82-81. Bud straight away called the, the timeout. And I would suspect that he was doing that because he's like, okay, I, I need to get Giannis back on the floor. Nothing's gone right when he's been on the bench today. Gets uh, Giannis back on the floor. So, so ultimately only missed 44 seconds of, of playing time, but he got like a, a solid five-minute, you know, four-minute, five-minute breather there with the use of the timeout. Uh, I think, you know, particularly when it comes to playoff time where you're going to want to maximize Giannis' minutes, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the first three quarters <laughs> because as a point of view, for him to only play 34 minutes despite playing virtually the entire fourth quarter, that shows you that Bud is going to continually use him sparingly for, through the start of the game. But this is something that we've seen a lot from Bud, and, and to me it makes a lot of sense. I mean, use those timeouts down the stretch, get him as extended rest as you can without actually uh, having him miss Planter. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'd be curious to go back to Game Six against Toronto last year because it seemed like they used a really extreme, used a really extreme version of like frequent short rests mm-hmm. for him in in that last game. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they kind of approach it when you know they are trying to get him available for playing forty, maybe even more minutes every night. Uh, I think in that Toronto series, he ended up averaging I want to say thirty eight minutes per game, and obviously there was one double overtime game in there, but Giannis fouled out uh, before that, I think in the, maybe in the first overtime. So, um, I mean, again, this is sort of the upside of maybe having a little bit of a challenge at times here in these last couple months of the season uh, is that you do get a chance to, to have to stretch him out a little bit, um, get him a little bit more used to playing, you know, yes, 35 minutes, heaven forbid, on a given night, rather than just yeah. playing, you know, 25, 26 and cruising easily to victory. Um, in every game because I think that's the thing that you see like in the third quarter um, I forget when he came out if it was around like the four minute mark or something like that but like he, he was gassed like you could tell he, he was tired um, and just given the way that he plays and the effort level he puts out on both ends um, and especially on today offensively where the ball is going to really go through him offensively and you don't really have counters to let him rest while he's playing as it was you know you can do like with Chris on the floor um, you know, you, you had to get him out and then sometimes they'll get him out earlier in the third quarter and then bring him back late in the third. Uh, and then, you know, he can start the fourth quarter. Um, today he rests, you know, really through the end of that third quarter uh, as the Bucks kind of, you know, they look like they might be extending their lead a little bit. And then um, Charlotte pulled them back uh, within, what was it? Three points or something going into the fourth quarter, something like that. Um, so yeah. And this is one of those games where I think, it's going to be very rare. It's been very rare in the regular season. I think I want to say 
maybe there was one game where Giannis played the full fourth quarter. Um, but for the most part, you know, Bud always does try to give him that, that one, maybe even brief rest in the fourth quarter, just so he has like a, you know, a couple minutes of, of, you know, actual time to, to recharge a little bit. And tonight you saw um, he got a few minutes on the bench, even though, you know, as, as far as game action goes, he really didn't miss much at all. So, um, you know, it's just kind of one of these things that tactically the Bucks are going to have to figure out. Most nights you have Chris Middleton. You're obviously uh, much more capable of playing without Giannis. But obviously, you know, anytime uh, an NBA team doesn't have, you know, their MVP on the floor in the middle of the fourth quarter of a close game, obviously you kind of say, hmm, it's kind of weird. But, you know, obviously we've seen this happen, you know, very regularly for the Bucks this season. And it's just a matter of kind of the timing of that third quarter, you know, when he goes to the bench there and then when he comes back and, um, obviously we don't want to see too many close games, but I think it is at least somewhat instructive to give them these reps going down the stretch. And obviously tonight, you know, remember last year, the not a closer, uh, talk, which feels like a long time ago. I think today this was a very good, uh, very good example of why yes, Giannis is actually a closer, just, uh, very, very difficult to handle and didn't matter that it was, you know, late in the game, half court. Charlotte loading up. Um, he found ways to to make plays to to get buckets and you know make the right play, get draw get draw fouls, etc. And uh, that's that's what MVPs do. All right. So you did mention the the back to back. We should, we should touch on this game because this is going to be interesting. We haven't seen uh, the Bucks play the Heat since October, which was uh, a long, long time ago. Miami's actually slumping a little bit here. They've been a terrific team at home all season, but four and seven over their last eleven. And if you are talking about a back-to-back, I mean, you already mentioned the fact that the Bucs were able to, to bounce back from that overtime game in Washington and then go into Toronto in a big game and, and pick up a win. Uh, we know the Bucs generally like to respond pretty sharply to teams that have beaten them the last time uh, they've met each other. And if you are talking about a back-to-back, I mean, this is, a, this is about as friendly as it can get. I mean, the trip from Charlotte to, to Miami isn't that long. And the fact that they'll be on a plane here, I mean, we're recording as the post game's going. So it's uh, 2, 2.30 uh, Central, so whatever, 3.30 Eastern. So look, they'll be there by uh, 5, 6 p.m. tonight and, and they'll be able to have a, have a good night's rest and, and be ready to go. So it, it is a... Is, it's that, kind is, of, that, is, is it almost too early? Would you almost rather get in later? Into oh, Miami? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you, I'm just putting it out there. Listen, I nearly, like during the first quarter of this game today, when the Bucks got out to a 10-point lead, I almost tweeted this out, and I'm glad that I that held off because I would have been feeling like I jinxed the game in the fourth quarter, but I, I almost tweeted that the Bucks are playing like a team that wants uh, Charlotte to, to wave the white, white flag in the second quarter so the Bucks can get a, a couple more hours in Miami tonight. But I, 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 I steer clear of that, but you might be right, maybe. But yeah, if they have a first quarter like they did last year where they score eight points, then we know that we can't blame that on lack of sleep. We can blame that on, on the Miami nightlife. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that this is this is a Heat team that had a few additions uh, at the well, the trade deadline buyout market type thing where, they, where they've picked up, obviously, uh, Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. Both those guys haven't exactly been uh, lighting it up, Iguodala in particular. Tyler Hero looks like he's still going to be out. He's had an ankle sprain. So that's obviously a guy that's been a key piece for them, for them that isn't going to play. But uh, ultimately, this team still led from the front by Jimmy Butler. And generally, when he plays well, they win. Of late, he's been struggling uh, with his efficiency scoring the ball. It's still a talented team, but they are made up of a bunch of interesting role players that uh, as the season's gone on, 
maybe some of those young guys are starting to hit the wall a little bit. Yeah, and I think I, I, they, they've spent much of the season, they've, they've played Myers Leonard and Bam Adebayo together as starters for periods. Um, last game, they beat the Nets. Um, I don't know how far back it goes. I, I hashtag didn't do my research here. But, um, but starting Bam at center uh, yeah. alongside Derek Jones Jr., Duncan Robinson, Jimmy, and Kendrick Nunn. So a smaller look than, um, you know, when they, when they have Leonard out there with Adebayo. Uh, so I think this is, will be one of those question, question games. Um, you know, I, I would assume they would put, uh, Bam on Giannis. That's been the preferred matchup for the most part, you know, going back a few games, uh, for Eric Spolstra and and it makes sense, right? Like Bam's, I think physical, uh, toolkit and just general smarts, uh, you know, I think are a good match to, to at least try to slow down Giannis a little bit. Um, but the flip side, obviously we've seen, but I'd say this year, you know, more actively look to exploit mismatches when Brook Lopez is out there and, and they're not guarding him with their big guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kendrick Nunn, there's nobody in there that, you know, would make sense to have much of a chance to try to uh, match up with Brook in the post. Uh, so we'll be curious to see how they kind of handle that. Um, you know, could see them trying to run some actions maybe between Giannis and Brooke, which we've seen more over the past few weeks. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot more of Brooke as a role man this year rather than just spotting up on the outside. Um, so certainly to the extent they can get Brooke involved, I would say that would probably be a positive sign just given uh, what we'd expect some of the matchups to be. And certainly on the other side for the Bucks, um, have to think Wes Matthews is going to be defending Jimmy Butler, his former Marquette, uh, yeah, yeah. alum out there so that I think that'll be a fun matchup and um, as you alluded to I mean you know Jimmy has not shot the ball well from three at all this year he's at 24 percent that's Westbrook crazy well there yeah I mean he's historically I mean he's a I mean again not that he's ever been a knockdown three-point shooter but I mean he's 33 percent for his career he's had certainly some some much much better seasons than that as well uh, you know you, you don't look at him as a guy that you just want to let shoot three-pointers um, but obviously this season that that's been a pretty good strategy against him. Um, he's been, you know, worse than Giannis was last year from three. So that'll be a fun matchup. The, the, the two Marquette wings kind of going at each other. Uh, and, you know, I think you mentioned some of the young guys, no hero, but Duncan Robinson's been obviously just a tremendous knockdown three point shooter all season. Um, Kendrick Nunn has, uh, you know, he, he had a super hot start, um, tailed off a bit, but I mean, he's still averaging 16 points a game. Um, shooting a you know solid 36% from three this year. He's been a guy who's been a pretty reliable bucket getter uh, for them and has held down a starting spot all season, really, which is kind of surprising to me. I certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought that. And, you know, certainly a luxury having Goran Dragic come off the bench um, night in and night out. I mean, you look at the guys they bring off the bench, Dragic, Crowder, Olenek, Iguodala, um, you know, those are some guys, again, maybe maybe not spring chickens, uh, any any of those guys, um, but certainly when you talk about just veterans who know how to win, uh, have done things in the playoffs, uh, you know, Olenek, uh, I think Olenek and, and his perimeter shooting, I mean, we've seen it at times, including in that first game of the season, he was part of, I think, that, that comeback in a big way, just being able to knock down threes. And um, again, just a matter of can you exploit him on the other end, whether it's Giannis or, or Brooke Lopez, obviously. So, um, so yeah, it's, again, this is a fun measuring stick game. And, you know, I think when we – looked at uh you know maybe a, a week or so ago and we looked at what the calendar was looking at coming up you know you knew you had this back-to-back 
Uh, again, Toronto coming up, you have this back-to-back in Miami the week after. Um, and so obviously the, those were going to be, you knew those were going to be difficult games and, um, you know, big credit to the Bucks. They, you know, maybe made it a little bit hard on themselves in the front end of these two back-to-backs. Uh, but obviously winning the first three out of four games across those two back-to-backs also, you know, just destroying an Oklahoma City Thunder team that obviously has been a pretty good basketball team this year. Um, you know, again, you, you just hope, you're hoping to obviously not see a let up from this Bucks team uh, as they kind of cruise here down the home stretch. No, no injuries, no let up. Uh, and, you know, obviously Chris Middleton, hopefully here, not a, a, obviously not a severe injury with this, this next soreness problem. But again, part of me is always paranoid as well when a guy has been playing as well as he has, you know, you, you hate to see him yeah, miss action due to break, anything, yeah. right. You know, just, just anything that, that might throw off his rhythm a little bit. So uh, hopefully Chris is back uh, on Monday night and, and hopefully he, steps back right into what he was doing because certainly with Chris with Giannis playing at the the peak of their powers obviously you feel good about the Bucks against anybody yeah so just one last note on the heat as I said I mean you have to go right back to October uh to look at this game which uh slumped the Bucks to one and one on the season the miserable 500 record they had after this game in overtime that Giannis fouled out if I'm sure most people remember that but the starting lineup for Miami in that game Justice Winslow played 40 minutes He's obviously no longer in Miami. Tyler Hero started, played 32 minutes. Uh, he's injured. And Myers Leonard also, I don't know whether he's going to play tomorrow. He's been out for a while now with, with an ankle injury as well. And, and as you pointed to, he started and played a, a key role next to, to Bam. So, you know, this is going to be interesting. I, I said this at the, at the trade deadline. Whether or not you believe that it was going to be a move that would actually help the Heat and move the needle in their chances of trying to uh, compete in the East come playoff time. There's no question. You had a guy like Iguodala. You had a guy like Jay Crowder. What what are you bringing them in for? It's to try and slow down a guy like Giannis. So we'll see. This is going to be uh, an interesting matchup either way. As the Bucks are going to be looking for win number 53, just to just to move to 53 and 8 on the season. And I did mention at the start of the season, uh, sorry, the start of the podcast, that the Bucks did not reach the 100-point plateau for the first time in a, in a long while. But what they did do is hold another team to under 100 points. Third game in a row that they've, they've held their opponent to fewer than 100 points in a game. It's the first time they've done that since February 11 to 21 last season. And only the third time they've done it in the Bud era. So even though the offense wasn't quite there outside of Giannis today, the defense has is, is definitely been tightening the screws over the last few weeks here. And as you get closer to the playoffs, that's something uh, you, definitely, you definitely like to see. They're already uh, by far the number one ranked defense in the NBA. So to see uh, this sort of consistent performance, and, and really in today's NBA, it's just rare that you can keep a team to, uh, to fewer than 100 points. So uh, that's been impressive. But it's an early game tomorrow in Miami, 6.30 p.m. Uh, tip in Miami. So... Uh, this should be a fun one, much like the game against the Raptors last season. It's always fun to see the Bucks play against these teams that are trying to, to get closer to them uh, at the top of the East. But Frank, Sunday afternoon pod. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to try and I'm gonna try and get some of this sun. I've, uh, I've had the Barcelona-Real Madrid Clasico uh, on, on pause to, since the, oh. the Bucks game kind of overlapped a little bit and then wanted to knock out this podcast. So I will, uh, I'm going to turn my attention to that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear if there's some good weather in Wisconsin. It's, it's you know, it's March. Got to get, gotta get the, the weather gods starting to smile on Wisconsin a little bit here for, for a little bit. Um, 
So I'm, I'm, I'm just spoiled Texan at this point. So, uh, <laughs> glad, glad you guys actually have weather that allows you to go out and, and actually do something outside. Uh, and, uh, certainly the bucks, hopefully, uh, hopefully the bucks just, uh, stay in and have a quiet night tonight ahead of, uh, uh, out of uh, the heat game tomorrow and I, I was just looking at it it's pretty remarkable you know they, they they're not playing big right now but you know bam doesn't shoot threes he's eight percent for the season which I, I don't know how many he's hit probably like a handful right doesn't really shoot those Derek jones jr is 28 percent um and jimmy at 25 percent so you've got basically your front line there none of them have hit three threes with any regularity this season uh and obviously crowder can hit threes, but you know, not, not really a guy that's been a historic, like knockdown hand in the face type shooter. Uh, and obviously Iguodala kind of similarly a guy who has had decent shooting from three at times, but he's more of a corner three guy. So um, I, I will be very bitter if the heat go nuts from three point range tomorrow, obviously Duncan Robinson, he can shoot the lights out, but um, Miami certainly puts guys on the floor that, that should allow the bucks to clog the paint as they, as they do enjoy doing so. Uh, hopefully that's a that's a recipe that uh, leads to victory, and hopefully, obviously, uh, the Bucks Bucks don't have another shoot, poor shooting night themselves. Hopefully, they got that out of their system today. And yeah, just Giannis, just do do just control C, control V today's performance uh, tomorrow against uh, against the Heat. I, I think that would be pretty fun. Uh, just you know, in case anybody missed today's game, early game in Charlotte, maybe folks didn't see that that line. Uh, yeah, just just do that again tomorrow night. I think we'd all be good with that. Yeah, it's uh, that's let's just say that well, the Bucks should just like let me enjoy the Sunday night tonight, and and they can they can get to bed early, get some sleep. Miami's not that fun. I've been there once or twice. It's uh, it's, it's you know you got a basketball game to worry about. So we'll uh, we'll see if they can resist the nightlife tonight and pick up another win tomorrow. But for now, Frank, we'll leave it there, and we'll be back after the Bucks take on the Heat. That's six thirty p.m. tip, as I said. Bucks looking to move to 53 and 8 on the season and just keep this winning streak rolling. We'll catch you guys after that one.